it would be an immense success. I am sure the wooing of fortune would prove quite as interesting a tale as the wooing of any flesh-and-blood maiden, though, by the way, it would read extremely similar, for fortune is indeed, as the ancients painted her, very like a woman, not quite so unreasonable and inconsistent, but nearly so, and the pursuit is much the same in one case as in the other. Ben Jonson's couplet, Court a mistress, she denies you, let her alone, she will court you, puts them both in a nutshell. A woman never thoroughly cares for her lover until he has ceased to care for her, and it is not until you have snapped your fingers in fortune's face and turned on your heel that she begins to smile upon you. But by that time you do not much care whether she smiles or frowns. Why could she not have smiled when her smiles would have filled you with ecstasy? Everything comes too late in this world. Good people say that it is quite right and proper that it should be so, and that it proves ambition is wicked. Bosh! Good people are altogether wrong. They always are, in my opinion. We never agree on any single point. What would the world do without ambitious people, I should like to know? Why, it would be as flabby as a Norfolk dumpling. Ambitious people are the leaven which raises it into wholesome bread. Without ambitious people, the world would never get up. They are busybodies who are about early in the morning, hammering, shouting, and rattling the fire-irons, and rendering it generally impossible for the rest of the house to remain in bed. Wrong to be ambitious, forsooth. The men wrong who, with bent back and sweating brow, cut the smooth road over which humanity marches forward from generation to generation. Men wrong for using the talents that their master has entrusted to them, for toiling while others play. Of course they are seeking their reward. Man is not given that godlike unselfishness that thinks only of others' good but in working for themselves they are working for us all. We are so bound together that no man can labor for himself alone. Each blow he strikes in his own behalf helps to mold the universe. The stream in struggling onward turns the mill-wheel. The coral insect fashioning its tiny cell joins continents to one another. And the ambitious man building a pedestal for himself leaves a monument to posterity. Alexander and Caesar fought for their own ends, but in doing so they put a belt of civilization half round the earth. Stevenson, to win a fortune, invented the steam engine, and Shakespeare wrote his plays in order to keep a comfortable home for Mrs. Shakespeare and the little Shakespeare's. Contented Unambitious people are all very well in their way. They form a neat, useful background for great portraits to be painted against, and they make a respectable, if not particularly intelligent, audience for the active spirits of the age to play before. I have not a word to say against contented people, so long as they keep quiet. But do not, for goodness' sake, let them go strutting about, as they are so fond of doing, crying out that they are the true models for the whole species. 
Why, they are the deadheads, the drones in the great hive, the street crowds that lounge about, gaping at those who are working. And let them not imagine either, as they are also fond of doing, that they are very wise and philosophical, and that it is a very artful thing to be contented. It may be true that a contented mind is happy anywhere, but so is a Jerusalem pony, and the consequence is that both are put anywhere and are treated anyhow. "'Oh, you need not bother about him,' is what is said. "'He's very contented as he is, and it would be a pity to disturb him.' And so your contented party is passed over, and the discontented man gets his place. If you are foolish enough to be contented, don't show it, but grumble with the rest. And if you can do with a little, ask for a great deal. Because if you don't, you won't get any. In this world, it is necessary to adopt the principle pursued by the plaintiff in an action for damages, and to demand ten times more than you are ready to accept. If you can feel satisfied with a hundred, begin by insisting on a thousand. If you start by suggesting a hundred, you will only get ten. It was by not following this simple plan that poor Jean-Jacques Rousseau came to such grief. He fixed the summit of his earthly bliss at living in an orchard with an amiable woman and a cow, and he never attained even that. He did get as far as the orchard, but the woman was not amiable, and she brought her mother with her, and there was no cow. Now, if he had made up his mind for a large country estate, a house full of angels and a cattle show, he might have lived to possess his kitchen garden and one head of livestock, and even possibly have come across that rarer avis, a really amiable woman. What a terribly dull affair, too, life must be for contented people. How heavy the time must hang upon their hands. And what on earth do they occupy their thoughts with, supposing that they have any? Reading the paper and smoking seems to be the intellectual food of the majority of them, to which the more energetic add playing the flute and talking about the affairs of the next-door neighbour. They never knew the excitement of expectation, nor the stern delight of accomplished effort, such as stir the pulse of the man who has objects and hopes and plans. To the ambitious man, life is a brilliant game, a game that calls forth all his tact and energy and nerve, a game to be won in the long run by the quick eye and the steady hand, and yet having sufficient chance about its working out to give it all the glorious zest of uncertainty. He exults in it, as the strong swimmer in the heaving billows, as the athlete in the wrestle, the soldier in the battle. And if he be defeated, he wins the grim joy of fighting. If he lose the race, he at least has had a run. Better to work and fail than to sleep one's life away. So, walk up, walk up, walk up. Walk up, ladies and gentlemen, Walk up, boys and girls. Show your skill and try your strength. Brave your luck and prove your pluck. Walk up.
The show is never closed, and the game is always going. The only genuine sport in all the fair. Gentlemen, highly respectable and strictly moral, patronized by the nobility, clergy, and gentry. Established in the year one, gentlemen, and has been flourishing ever since. Walk up. Walk up, ladies and gentlemen, and take a hand. There are prizes for all, and all can play. There is gold for the man, and fame for the boy, rank for the maiden, and pleasure for the fool. So walk up, ladies and gentlemen, walk up. All prizes and no blanks. For some few win, and as to the rest, why, the rapture of pursuing is the prize the vanquished gain. End of section six.